I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. David Wilson joins me again. The uh, artist has a, a new exhibition in town, his first in three years, The Ground Beneath My Feet. It opens Thursday, the 12th of October, at uh, Visual Space Gallery, 3352 Dunbar. It runs until October 28th. And I'll ask David about the breathtaking natural landscapes and the man-made structures that he depicts in his often breathtaking uh, exciting work. I'll ask David to tell us about uh, the pieces in this exhibition, the art that he commits, and uh, what the city and uh, the various neighborhoods that he paints mean to him and his mind's eye. At once, the images are warm and familiar, and at another, it can look cold, foreboding. Uh, The city feels like that sometimes, and all at once, too. I'm a fan of the way David sees this city, so it'll be good to catch up on how the city's changed since the last time he was on the program. Visit davidwilson.ca and visualspace.ca for more. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, David Wilson. Mr. Wilson, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me again. Nice to see you. Um, so I saw a preview of the pieces on uh, online, and it's it's remarkable to see how you see the city. And and I guess in a way, when, when you do your work, um, and we've talked about this before, but I can't assume that people listening to us have heard our, our previous chats. Um, you see yourself not just as an artist, obviously, a very good one, but but you see yourself as, as sort of documenting the city in a way, don't you? Yeah, I, th- I think I am. I, I, it feels like that because as, as I go, I look back at some of my older paintings, and uh, the city's certainly changed a lot since I started doing this over 20 years ago. Um, so that, you know, there's an element of documentation that takes place for sure. I love some of the ones where, where um, uh, because when, you, when you're on the street, the, the ground's beneath your feet, as it were, and you're looking, say, at a street or at a marquee especially, um, those are quite evocative, and they, they bring you into, say, Granville and Robson or, or whatever intersection you're, you're depicting. But the ones that where you look high up and you're looking at the city, I can't assume that you do that regularly, that you, you see the city like that. Or are you <laughs> like the aerial views? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I, I don't see it very often like that. Not not as often as I'd like to. That'd be cool a, to do that every day. Yeah, there's there's some people that get to do that all the time, like pilots and such. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't get up that often, unfortunately. I took the harbor, not harbor. I took harbor or the, the helicopter one. Oh yeah. To yeah. Victoria. Helijet. Yeah, and I remember um, as it leaves here and then it goes around because it has to go around yeah. to go that way to victoria i'm pointing here for people listening to us uh, <laughs> as if you can see where i'm pointing um it was it was just fun to see the the, the city stanley park that will ubc that way um and i wish i had taken my phone out <laughs> yeah you should have because it's it's a, it's a unique experience in a helicopter too because it's it's a, you know an airplane takes off down the runway but the yeah. helicopter goes up it's like being in this giant roller coaster yeah it's a very surreal f- feeling so where do you get um, the uh, inspiration to, to to see the city like that? I guess you you see photos online or something. I, yeah, I, I reference them off of off of um, yeah online and, and other places and other photographers that have taken photographs. I've asked their for, for their permission to use their work, and uh, it's it's not something I can do in most cities because I don't know the cities that I'm looking at. So when I, I see a photograph someone's taken, I, you know, I, I can identify. The geography of the city that uh, I live in, yeah, it's, uh, it makes it it makes it an easier process for me. What's it like when you see something that you you want to work with, um, and it becomes sort of inspiration for a piece for your a piece of yours? I mean, what is that feeling like 
physically or, or emotionally and mentally when you get struck by inspiration? I, you know, that's a that's a really hard question to answer because it's, it's, I think it's a multifaceted um, sensation. Like, the, like I, one, I want to get working on it right away. I'm, I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it, there's something that's resonating with me that I don't really know what it is at the, at the moment. So I have to, you know, I spend some time thinking about that. And uh, I think three is just like I, I just when I get into the painting itself, um, I can start to understand all of the, the things that drew me into that, that, uh, that given situation um, as it starts to unfold. I don't really know what it will be until I'm done. So there's, you know, the initial thing is just like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited about getting started on it. Some paintings take a long time to to get through that process. Yeah. Sometimes I have to spend, you know, two three months thinking about it before I paint it. Sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, I need that. That's going to work. I know what I'll do with it. So and it, it never looks exactly like the photograph, does it? No, the photographs are just a guide. They're yeah. they're just they're they're a reference. They're like a like a map that I use to to build my my image from and um you can imbue your work with things that aren't even there sometimes right i, I think you, the first time i ever encountered your work and this is before i even knew you i was in in a, in a coffee shop and i saw it on a wall okay and um i noticed that uh, something was off it was depicting a certain street in this town and and you had done something where you you uh, put something where it's supposed to be on the other side of the street. I, I, <laughs> I, it was something quite playful, and um, I remember seeing it at the time, and I was quite upset because <laughs> I go that 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 tree is not there. That's I can't remember even what it was now. Um, but then I, I spent as I was waiting for my sandwich, probably ten minutes looking at it. Okay, and then. Um, I went back and I, I had to look it up online because I, I was going to send you an email maybe or something like that. Hmm. But then I thought, well, no, th- shit, that's what art is, isn't it? That it, it makes you think about these things and it provokes the, the viewer. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like the work that I do, um, it's not meant to be a, a, a literal representation. Of Otherwise, it'd be a photograph, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with photography. I have yeah. some. I know some brilliant photographers. They're they're fantastic. But the the idea is to is to create something that, um, in a way, it sort of it resonates with you on a level that you don't really know uh, why or how, but it, it draws you in as you're describing, and that's what I'm trying to accomplish with my work. I, like I, it, whatever it is I see, it draws me in, and I like to have treat that experience for my my viewers. And and do you, do you find yourself saying something about the city that you're depicting? I think sometimes I do. Yeah, like I, I, I there's so much that like I think with any creative there's so much that occurs, you know, in the, in the subconscious that you're not really thinking about it as you're doing it, but as you go through the process and as the work unfolds, um, if you spend some time, which I think it's really important, Spend some time thinking about it. You will find out what it is that you're, you know, that that that, that process that you, that thought process that's going into into the work. What what I like about your work is because we live in such a beautiful place, it's beautiful natural landscapes that, that you know have been depicted in art for centuries, uh, centuries for you know over yeah, a century. A time, yeah. Um, and um, we were talking about Emily Carr just before I mentioned Emily Carr just before you started, and uh, she's somebody who did that um what i like about your work is that that 
you pay homage to what we're living amongst. Not just the natural, but the man-made. So if it's a marquee or something like that. I love your marquees, like the Dunbar Theater. Oh, thank or, you. I, I've seen in other uh, pieces, the, the Arts Club, the the one on, on the Stanley Theater marquee. Yeah. Um, you, you, are, are those fun to do? I mean... Yeah, they are, yeah. Even the the advertising on the bus sometimes you can see that in some of your pieces that that it, it seems like you're because you you're not a, you're not depicting what it actually is but I I can see you thinking about what's on there right yeah well it, it sort of goes all the way back to when uh, you know, nineteen like in nineteen eighty two remember the film Blade Runner came out I was born that year David were you born that year <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I was in the theater when you were born watching the film and. Uh, I remember sitting there, it's one of the few films that sticks with me like that. I was sitting there watching it, and it just drew me in like no other film had before. And I was, you know, often, it was often referred to that film as one of my great inspirations for painting the the um, the city at night, because it's yeah. such a wet film. Yeah. Like, literally, it's like soaking wet. And, and all the scenes, it's very dark, and... Um, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I, was like, I think what it, what it does, all these this stuff that's happening around you in the, in, in the rainy street at night, you know, the traffic, all the people, the, the lights. You really find you need to find something to focus your your eye upon, and that's like the marquees can do that. You know, a figure walking down the street can do that because there's so much activity. It's very busy. Like my paintings yeah. are often very very busy, especially the night scenes, but. Um, I think that those, the, the, like the marks you're describing, are something that you can sort of focus upon and find some calm there in yeah. the midst of the all the other stuff that's going on around you. Yeah, because light emanates from those things. It's like almost like a beacon, it is, yeah. or a lighthouse that you just you, you're, you're drawn to it, and then you, you remember where that is, you know, physically and, and geographically. Yes, and then you can think about um, what it's like to walk down that street. You yeah. know, um, the. Um, there was a story in the news the other day about, um, actually, I don't think it was in the news. I just saw a tweet somewhere where um, they showed one of these old photographs. I don't know if it was a Fonzie, not a Fonzie photo, a uh, okay. Herzog photo right. of all, all the neon yeah. on Granville Street. Um, and and you, you portray Granville as it is today. There's not, not a lot of neon. Their marquees are like the Orpheum and the Vogue. That's about, yeah. um, and someone said mm. online that uh, they wish there would be more neon in the city. Mm. Um, as someone who who's depicted Granville a number of times in your work, do you think that'd be fun to to to, to paint that if, if they did bring that back? Say, oh yeah. sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's essential. I think that the it's uh, it's a nice element, a nice component to bring back into uh, into the city. But I, I know neon is very expensive. It's hard to maintain. You know, it's especially in this weather that we have here. Yeah, it's not an inexpensive proposition, but um, yeah, for sure, I, I'd like to see it because it's. I mean, there's nothing quite ne- like neon lights yeah. at night. And they probably could do it. Um, certainly, environmentally more friendly now with different kinds of bulbs, I guess. Right. Well, neon is. I think it's not a very kind material to work with. I uh, think they, like it's 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 a bit difficult to work with. But there's LED yeah. lights that that. They, that people create the signage with now but it's, it's not quite the same like the, the actual neon lights um they're quite spectacular really yeah the the you might as well just have a television screen you know in, in the middle of Times square say yeah <laughs> well, than, and yeah. it's kind of cool too right yeah like, that, I, I, that know, is. I like the diversity of, of approaches that people use for signage 
Yeah. Like it's there's there's no end of of um, you know just yeah. variety of of, of play, ways to show your show your wares to your potential clients. It's uh, yeah. It draw it, it every source of light draws me in. Like the, there's another one, um, one of the pieces I forget the name of it, where um, you have a bunch of light posts, and I remember mm. staring at this for a good five minutes. Um, how the light sort of sits there and how it sort of refracts off yeah. the pavement or another building. And, and um, I love that glow that you, you provide around the bulb itself and, and the, yeah, the fixture. Um, but by the way, you mentioned uh, how wet Blade Runner was. Um, there's nothing like the, the seeing pavement, the, the sidewalk, the street, uh, wet with rain. And yeah. the, the shine that that gives, especially at night, is there... I mean, is there a word for that? I mean, it, it, sheen, I guess, is that what yeah. people call it in the art business? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't, I don't necessarily have a word, a specific word for it, but that, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, you know, the, the work is, it, it presents something that we all see all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's unfamiliar to, to people that live in Vancouver. I think what it does is it just it causes people to stop and say, oh, okay. You know, I've seen that. that I recognize that. I res- that resonates with me. It's a, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah, I'll do that the next time I'm at Granville and Broadway. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this is a David Wilson painting that I'm walking through. I, I get a lot of that, actually. I get a lot <laughs> of people sending me photographs. Oh, this is like your work. Or they find something online and they'll send it to me. Yeah. It, is it important for you to, to when you uh, uh, make a piece of art, make a painting, or do a painting, um, that it be of today, like I mean, you wouldn't go back. You, you, we talked about photographic references a moment ago. You wouldn't go back to a photo from sixty years ago and try to paint that, would you? Uh, it's not really something that interests me that much. Like I, I mean, the past is interesting. I, I you know, I think history is important, but um, I'm, I'm always kind of looking more towards the future. Does it feel foreign to you that that because it is of a different era or a different time that um, you couldn't say feel? Like you were there, because that's the thing about your work is that that, that I know yes. you've been on the street corner before. Yes, you've been there when it's rained or when it's just frosted or snowing or cold or whatever. Yes, um, because I I know I've been there. Um, you weren't around in the forties and the fifties, so you could probably <laughs> do that, right? Yeah, well, it's part of the. I mean, the painting is part of my experience. I mean, part of my experience is being on the ground or wherever I have been. That, that that really contributes to the the overall um, experience of the work once it's completed. Have you got a favorite part of town? Uh, we live in Mount Pleasant, so yeah, I love Mount Pleasant. We we um, we spend a lot of time there. I don't we don't stray too far from it. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean Vancouver. You know, Vancouver. It's a it's a really wonderful city. There's a lot of great neighborhoods that we we do explore once in a while, but for the most part. Most of my time is spent in Mount Pleasant and Kitsilano as well. Downtown, especially. Yeah, oh, for sure. Work. Yeah. 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 Um, like, I, like, I've never seen a David Wilson painting that's uh, depicting Fraser Street or, or Killarney or anything like that. Is it, are those places uninteresting, maybe? No, it's not so much uninteresting. I just, like, a lot of my photographs that I work from are reference photographs I get when we're out for walks, and um, I just haven't walked up there. I mean, it's as simple as that. I had somebody on contact me through Instagram recently and ask if I've ever painted the North Shore, and 
I said, oddly enough, I have not. Okay, I just don't know it. So um, I said, give me some pointers and where to go. And you know, at some point I'll get out there. And New Westminster too. I like to get out to New Westminster. There's just all parts of the Lower Mainland I don't stray too far from. Yeah, I went to I New know. West this this past summer, and and that that because there is all those old buildings, mm-hmm. and then they've got all these new buildings, and then to see that together, it's it's fascinating to look at. Um, I went uh, across the water to North Van on the sea bus, right. And um, when you, you know, just I guess east of the Lonsdale Key, there's a there's an art gallery there, and then there's a bunch of restaurants. Okay. And then you can see they've got like a patio, not a patio, a boardwalk, and you can see Vancouver from there. That's beautiful. To, right. I mean, yeah. I've taken a photo of that, and um, it's just it's you can see the city from that angle. It's it's it's. Um, you you do realize how lucky we are to live here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we are, yeah we are so lucky to have such a beautiful city to live in. As much as we complain about having to keep living here. Well, yeah, I, you know I, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather live. It's it's pretty. We're pretty fortunate to have the, the beautiful city that we live in. It's expensive, and there's all those other issues that you might that might uh, make it uncomfortable for people. But overall, it's a pretty good place to live. You, uh, in this uh, exhibition, have a, a painting of the Hotel Europe, yes. which is a, just a fascinating building yeah. to look at. Have you ever been inside it? I have been in the lobby, but I have not been in the building. I'd love to get in there. Yeah, I saw there's a video on YouTube of Jack Webster going in there oh, cool. in, in the early 80s or the late 70s and seeing it as it once was, and it, it, it's just fascinating. To look at. But, I mean, it's, it's something that I've seen in movies, um, the outside yeah. at least, and um, I've seen it you know, walking by there, going there. Um, but I've always wondered what was inside there now, especially. I I, I don't know. There was yeah. I think there's some there's a shop some shops on the main floor, but I think upstairs it's just like offices. No, I think it's residential. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. I think people live there. It might be subsidized housing. I'm not sure. It'd be cool to live there, wouldn't you think? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's and, a great space. And and so when you see that, and you've seen that over the years, um, just it's not even just the shape of it which is you know looks like an and what do they call it flat iron that's right yeah, yeah. It looks like an iron um there must have been something that you you, you found that that uh, tickled your fancy or that struck your eye um in wanting to portray that in your painting well i like, I like how it sort of stands out in, on its own like i think that's something that is we're losing in Vancouver is the ability to see the, the structures that, that um, the old buildings offer it up. Mm-hmm. The new buildings are great, but there's we, we, we are losing um, the skyline a little bit, and that one offers up a skyline. Where you, when you're standing there looking at, at the, at, from that view, you can look, look down two streets and you can see off in the distance. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's always drawn me in, that, that sort of opportunity to really observe what the city looks like, not just you know, one block or two blocks. Like New York, it has you know you walk down the streets in New York and it's like a canyon in so many parts of it. Yeah. When we get in, down into Soho and other places, you have to start to see the more, uh, you know, the more, not more human scale buildings. I yeah. guess. Yeah, because the, the the Hotel Europe is not a very tall building. No, nope. I've seen the, the the building in New York, which I it's a flat iron, but it's bigger than the the, the, the it's based on is bigger than the yeah. ours. Um, but there's something special about this this building, and and. It is. Yeah. and I got nostalgic just looking at it mm. in your in the piece that I saw depicting it. Um, so you don't have to go inside the building to to 
paint it or understand it, do you? No, but I'd love to. I'd yeah. love to get inside. Like we often, we go, my wife and I go for walks, and yeah. you see these old buildings. And man, I'd love to get inside and see what it looks like from their their perspective and what the interiors look like. Totally, yeah. Yeah, there's this apartment on. Um, can't remember the avenue now. Is it Fifth or Seventh? Hmm. Um, off of Maine and Kingsway. Oh, okay. Going yeah. there. I guess it's on Quebec. It's on the corner of Quebec and 5th and 7th. This yes. Is, this is old apartment building. And I've gone by it for years. And I've always wondered what was inside there and, and what it looked like inside. And, um, you know, you, you'd think that, you know, having lived here as, as long as one has, uh, you'd know somebody who knew somebody yeah. who lived there. But I haven't been able to. Just go knock on the door and see if they'll <laughs> let you in. Say, I'm Joseph. <laughs> I'd like to see what your... Uh, your uh, living room looks like yeah exactly yeah do you spend a lot of time in uh, as you you uh uh are about to open up this this exhibit um considering how the paintings look on the wall say i mean did you spend the i mean it's more than say 90 minutes so you're in that space and then looking at where well, i'm going to put this here or there you know I, I i try to think about the work as a as a as a whole like each piece and how they'll work together. But um, I don't necessarily have much influence or, or interest in how they are hung on the walls. A lot of artists like to position them mm-hmm. in such a way, but I like to let the curator use their their skills and abilities and their, their instincts because it's their space. They know how how things will look in a you know, given area. Yeah. Um, I, I prefer to let them do it. Um, the thing about, um, art, it gets us wrapped that, that it's elitist, that, that, um, unfortunately only the wealthy get to own the, these pieces. Um, or, or you can't talk about it because you, you don't have the experience or the knowledge or the, the education, um, uh, or the academic credentials, academic credentials to, to, to talk about it. Um, the thing I, I've always liked about your work is that, that it, it is accessible, and I'm sure you have these these, these well-to-do clients and, and patrons who um, purchase your work. But um, what is it like to navigate both sides of that? Because that is the market, essentially. You know, I mean, you, you want people to talk about your work, and you'd also like people to buy it. But I don't think those people are the same necessarily, or are they? Well, they are, and they're not. Like it's like it's such a cross section of people who who buy my work and people who cannot afford to buy my work. Um, I think that the, the art community, maybe, maybe not so much now, but in the past did a bit of a disservice to the, the, um, you know, the, the, the world at large by making art feel or seem elitist. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. Like it's, it's, it, it really is accessible and, and so many different levels. And I think that you can, you can thank, uh, social media for that. And, you know, there's just what people having websites provides opportunity for people to have access um, but I still think there's a there's a bit of um, uh, people are a bit intimidated, a bit shy, perhaps. You know, when I, I I've meet some clients that have never purchased art before, they're not really sure how to go about the process because it's it's, it's different than buying a car or a couch or something because it's quite personal art. It's mm-hmm. very personal, and so um, I, I think that again, as I said, social media has really sort of softened that that edge for people to be able to access the work. Um, Because historically, the people that go to the gallery, say, in the 20s, in the 1920s or the 1930s, or even earlier, 
um, in, in France in the uh, 19th century. I mean, these these were these were working class people, and and this is this was their entertainment, if you will, because they didn't oh, have sure. radio or television at that point. That they looked at art, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's what churches did for them. I mean, instead right. of you know people couldn't read, they they painted these beautiful paintings of you know the stories from the Bible, so that that, that uh, the congregations could understand what was being talked about, and, and they. That's what art has done for a long time. So what is it like then, I mean, uh, when people... Uh, do you get people that come up to you and complain about the prices? Uh, I have had that on occasion, but typically not. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, people often ask me, how long did it take you to paint this painting? And I, honestly, I don't keep track of how long wow. it takes me to paint paintings. It's just, I just don't. But um, some artists will tell you that, you know, it took me... I've been painting for 25 years, so it took me 25 years to be able to paint this painting. And it's, there's some truth in that, because it does take a long time to be able to develop the skill set necessary mm-hmm. to be able to pull off the, a painting consistently, you know, a certain type of painting consistently. It's, it's not uh, something that just sort of just happens. It, it takes a long time. Yeah, so the price reflects the, the amount of work and time that you put into it, but at the same time, it doesn't, does it? I mean, if, it, if you had to calculate these things, it'd be probably worth twice as much, right? Well, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you um, think about? I, I've asked you this before. I mean, do, do you uh, work for posterity? I mean, do you think about how your work will be regarded? I mean, uh, uh, these pieces will will um, uh, well curated and, and cared for will outlast you. Do you do you oh, think yeah. about that? Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've I've long thought about the work that I want. You know, eventually I will be gone and I'll mm-hmm. die and, and my work will live on so I, I make sure that I use uh, like nothing but the best materials so that they will they will last mm-hmm. indefinitely but um, <clears throat> I'm also you know as I'm getting older I'm starting to think about what that looks like you know the end of life and those thoughts that uh, run through my mind are often end up in the canvas itself not necessarily explicitly but they are they are in there, and uh, you know, I insert text and symbols and things like that in there that uh, represent a lot of those those things that I'm thinking about or I've experienced. So, yeah, I think directly and indirectly, those uh, those thoughts run run through my mind. I was talking to an artist recently. This was a, a private conversation that that we had, um, and um, they. Uh, uh, they're one of those people who I think should be more famous than they actually are. Hmm. And uh, so I, I mentioned that, and, and they said that um, they th- they actually they sidestepped and they said, "Well, the, I, I probably will when I, once I'm dead." And I thought that was kind of uh, grim, but it's probably accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, you only have so much control over things after you're dead, anyway. But um, no, I think it's an important consideration. Like, I, I want my work to 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 last, and it will. But. Um, the, the personal part of it, uh, I don't think people will necessarily carry that that forward. You know, it's just, it's there for me, uh, and some some people see it. They don't necessarily recognize it for what it is, but I think that they bring their own their own uh, meaning into it. So I think that's kind of cool. I can't help but think that that uh, twenty, thirty, forty years hence, because the city will change so much that w- when they see a David Wilson painting. They'll get nostalgic, or they'll 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 find greater meaning and value in it because it depicts something that's gone. Even yeah, I think it's not unlike Fred Herzog's work. Like that's it's very similar to that. 
that's a yeah I think that's a very common common occurrence for people experience is there a part of your your work that you dislike the most I mean a part of your day that you don't like I mean you seem like that that you enjoy uh, doing art committing art because otherwise you wouldn't you'd find something else to do I'm sure with your life but um is there a part of it that, that that's not that <laughs> you don't look forward to you know I think I, the, that's that's a question that like I, I I love what I do. I can't imagine doing anything else. But I think the the one thing that I don't like about it is the the toll it takes on my my physical body because it's it does hurt a lot in in my you know like my shoulders, my back um, because it's a lot of work. Yeah, you know, you're doing you're doing this the repetitiousness of the of the work. Um, if I could get rid of that, it'd be like 100 percent perfect. Right now, it's 99.9 percent perfect. Yeah, I, I can't. I wouldn't change anything. I never thought about that. Yeah, that you are standing or sitting in a position yeah. for a long time to do that. That you can, um, you, you couldn't paint, for example, with, with your back to the ground because. <laughs> <laughs> well, artists have done that, but um, the painted fall on you probably. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, 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 these are things that you don't think it, it does take a toll, doesn't it? It does, and I, but I, I'm, I'm lucky. I have a, a wonderful physiotherapist, and he uh, he straightens me out, which is keeps me going because uh i i definitely need it i think most artists have it's like anything you know you do anything for long periods of time yeah. you'll sustain some sort of discomfort or injury it, it, does it get easier over time i don't think it's easier but it, it becomes um familiar and i i like to change it once in a while i like to to break up that familiarity so if it's a, the different materials that you use, different kinds of paints, different sort of even canvases, yeah, th that can be quite engaging and, and exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, the variety makes it um, not more fun. It makes it more more intriguing. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know you sort of push your skills and abilities like a golfer. They're always pursuing the game, and I think that's it's very similar to to creating artwork you're always pursuing what what can what can you do next what can you learn about the, the medium that you're working with that you can apply it to your work I, I love looking at other artists work walking into especially museums like a, you know like in new york and paris yeah. and places like that in los angeles and looking at the work on the walls and, and uh, it's like you know how did they do that what were, what were they doing and how can i apply that to what i do Artists steal all the time. They always steal. <laughs> well, what about um, some some of these artists that we see in museums um, have led less than exemplary lives or, or self-destructive lives, um, and yet are able? I mean, you obviously don't don't uh, um, <laughs> steal those aspects of, for for your own life, do you? No, <laughs> no, no, no. But they just their 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 skills and abilities. Like there's an artist, a German artist, Anselm Kiefer, and he he does this. I don't know how to describe his work, but it's monumental in, in, in size and scope. And um, he is—I he, think he's maybe 80 years old. He's getting mm -hmm. close to 80. But a lot of his work is is centered around um, the, the German past, especially in re relation to the, the Holocaust, and how he reconciles um, that through his art. And he uses a lot of materials that you would not traditionally think of as artist materials he uses straw wood mm. lead and i mean his paintings are enormous enormous paintings um it, it's it's a, re it's a really fascinating process to to watch somebody's work unfold over a lifetime like that and 
it kind of makes me think, you know, I should be trying something a little different once in a while as well. So what are the limitations then to, to wanting to do something new? Is it is it the space that you work in? Like you couldn't do a mural, for example, um, uh, that would be in someone's ceiling um, in where you work, right, in your studio? Um, well, I mean, that's what they did. That's how they painted the Sistine Chapel. So they, you know, they, they built scaffolds and, and they yeah. lay on their back and painted it. Yeah. That's, that's how they did it. Um, I, I, I'm not a mural painter, but I, you know, I, I think that, that, um, just thinking differently about how you do what you do. Um, you know, my, my physiotherapist is always telling me I should paint with my left hand, see how it works out. And he's not wrong. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. But um, there's different ways you can go about it. I've, you know, in the last couple of years, few years, I've been working with corrugated board, which is another, you know, it's the technical term for cardboard. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a fun process. It, it changes the way I paint completely. It's, um, you know, just working with found materials. It's it's a fun process. I've got some uh, some old frames I want to to uh, experiment with and see what because uh, I don't typically frame my work. I want yeah. to see how that uh, how that impacts the work. How uh, how the work sort of connects with the painting and how the the uh, oh, sorry the, the frame connects with the painting yeah I would think that frames would be somewhat limiting the, well these are these are like um, some of them are vintage frames like I, I found them on Main Street at a thrift store yeah and uh, there's some of them are these old frames these frames that look old but they're they're enormous and uh, I'm, I'm planning to do an exhibition based on somehow making the work fit the frame rather than the frame fit the work It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, I've, I've gone to museums where I've seen things framed, and, and um, you can tell that the, the, the work is slightly bigger than the frame. And you oh, wonder yeah. what, what what's just in that edge there that I can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, must be, something, it must yeah. be an Easter egg or something that the artist right. had specifically uh, left in there. It could be. It could be. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't typically frame. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the frame constricting the painting. Yeah. Um, art's redemptive quality is something I've been thinking about a lot because um, – there is a great deal that one gleans from um, not just looking at a piece of art that moves them or, or angers them even. Um, not necessarily anger them, but certainly is worth discussing. Um, have, have you, do you feel that, I mean, you obviously feel that when you, when you see someone else's work in a museum or in a, uh, someone else's exhibit, when you're doing it, when you're working on art, do you feel that you're getting something more out of it than just a living oh yeah absolutely on so many different levels it, it um it, it's kind of like, like it's kind of like therapy every day you know it's 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 self-directed therapy you know like some of my paintings are darker some of them are lighter uh, it, it, it really relates a lot to what's happening in, in my life at the time um i don't necessarily notice it as i'm working but when i sit back and look at a collection of work i can say yeah i can see you know this is what this was happening at that time when i was painting this painting you know both good and bad um it's definitely part of of uh, of the the process and of being a creative and and uh, b being an artist being someone who is creative how, how do you uh, find how do you summon the, the the creativity, if you will? I mean, inspiration does strike from time to time, and and I've asked artists about the writers, especially about what it's like to to, to um, get that source of inspiration, and then you know they write madly for a while and things like that. Sure. How do you, do you find that you can you can summon that, or, or not at will, but um, do you know where to get that even? You know, I, it's just. 
was it Chuck Close? The artist Chuck Close is an American painter. Um, you know, he says inspiration is is for for amateurs. You, know, you just have to show up for work. <laughs> show up to work. I forget how exactly yeah. how he said it, but it's it gets. You just have to do it. Like it's, it's it's really it's 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 not a a magical thing it, for me anyway. It's just like I, I've been doing it for so long that it's uh, it's less about inspiration. It's more about the direction that I want to pursue. And uh, like I have, I have so many things I want to paint, so many ideas that I want to pursue. But it's, it's more about executing that, uh, that that uh, that pursuit, and, and which direction is the best direction to pursue. Because you have to make a living as well. Yeah. So if if, you, if you're in a bad mood or you're tired or or, or you're just not feeling it, did, did you have to force yourself to work that day, or can you can you? The only time I can't really work is if I've had a cold or if I'm not feeling well, because I I I, I end up making all kinds of errors that I think, oh, yeah. I, I go back the next day and I have to fix it. But uh, for, no, no, for the most part, it doesn't matter. I mean, the mood, it, it comes out, it comes out in the paintings. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inserted in there. It's, and it's a good, it's, it's a lot like going for a run. If you're in a bad mood or whatever, or getting some exercise, yeah. you just sort of get it out of your system and it's, it's good for that. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate to, to, to think, um, what I'd be like if I was in a bad mood interviewing people, I'd probably be a bit more snippy. Well, I guess that's why I tweet these angry tweets from there time to time. Yeah. That's where I get it out, I guess, right? Yeah, you have to have an avenue for it, for sure. Yeah, it's it's nice to see you again, um, and I, I so appreciate you coming in to do this. Congratulations, and, and good luck with this exhibit. Oh, thanks so much, Joseph. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Visit uh, davidwilson.ca and visualspace.ca for more. The exhibit's called The Ground Beneath My Feet. It's at the uh, Visual Space Gallery, October 12th to the 28th, 3352 Dunbar Street. David Wilson joined me in person here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.